Yeah, thank you so much, ladies. Fantastic song. Happens to be one of my favorite songs, so I appreciate that uh, this morning. Also, I appreciate the choir singing and appreciate you being involved in our worship service, and that's what we are. We're a group of worshipers that come and worship the Lord, and I hope that you feel satisfied with the way you've worshiped him this morning. You know, the song they were just singing, I've got to get to Jesus. It was a sense of desperation. This lady had some serious problems and had been to many doctors, and some of you perhaps know how she felt, and it was desperate for her, but she knew someone that could change her life drastically, and she just had to get to him. You know, that same Jesus is available today. I don't know what you're going through in your life, but you can get to Jesus. He's not that hard to find. In fact, he's, he says that he's nearer than you think. And so if you're willing, your heart's willing, your spirit's willing, you can have a close relationship with the Lord. And he'll tell you that, and he tells us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so let me encourage you, if you haven't met this person called Jesus, he will make a difference in your life, and he'll make the changes in your life that you need. He'll create in you a new person. You won't be the same, but you'll be happy with your new person, I guarantee you. If you brought your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I shared this passage of Scripture this past uh, Wednesday night, and as, we're, as we are leading up to participation of the Lord's Supper, we had a pre-communion. We sent the information out on all call. We tried to get as many here as we could to to help prepare ourselves for what's going to be taking place in just a few minutes. This is a very serious service. All of them are. All services are serious because you have people that are standing either uh, uh, in a direction that's headed to hell or a direction that's headed to heaven. And so every service is serious. But when we come to the Lord's Supper, Paul in 1 Corinthians had some pretty outstanding remarks to let us know how serious the Lord's Supper is. It's not to be taken for granted. It's not to be taken haphazardly. We're to put some thought and some, uh, some self-examination before we partake of the Lord's Supper. And so I'm going to be sharing just kind of a review in some way the first part of this sermon this morning for you that were not here. Uh, we had probably a fourth of our congregation uh, that was here Sunday prior here for Wednesday night, I gave out some meditation sheets that helped us prepare to, to come together and observe the Lord's Supper. And so I want to share in reflection some things I shared Wednesday night and then touch another area. The title of the sermon this morning is, my message, Are You Self-Examined, Self-Judged, and Worthy to Participate in the Lord's Supper? It's easy question, are you self-examined? Have you examined yourself? Are you self-judged? Have you had opportunity to judge yourself? We'll talk about that. And then, have you self-examined yourself, self-judged yourself, and in what you feel in your heart that you are worthy to take the Lord's Supper? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's look, and I'm going to uh, just cover a variety of verses. Look at verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. Paul said, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together 
not for the better, but for the worse. Now, he uses a phrase we'll talk about in a few minutes. He talks about coming together. Come together. He uses that in verse uh, 17, and he'll use that again in verse 18. I believe he'll use it again in verse 20. He talks about coming together as we come together. And when he uses that phrase, he's speaking about worship. Worship. And he says, look, you're coming together, and some are coming together thinking for the better, but it's going to be for the worse. Who would ever think going to church would be for the worse? But Paul says you have to be careful because you're coming together could be more so for the worse than for the better. And so in this uh, uh, verse, he warns us of that. Look at verse 27. And this is part of our text. Wherefore, soever or whosoever shall eat this bread, drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, you can underline that, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man or let a woman, a Christian, examine himself or herself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, for he eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Thus the sermon titled, Are You Self-Examined, Self-Judged, and Worthy to Partake of the Lord's Supper? That's going to be happening in just a few minutes. We need to prepare for the Lord's Supper. And so in this passage, Paul writes these words of correction to the Corinthian church because they were desecrating the Lord's Supper. They, they, wasn't, they, they, were in, they were not in the right frame of mind. They were not in true worship when they met to partake of the Lord's Supper. And he begins to speak to them about getting things straightened out. And in doing that, he sends us a warning this morning. He sends us a warning today as we prepare to be partakers of the Lord's Supper. Whatever, I, I, I don't want to... Whatever they did, I sure don't want to do, but I don't want to do anything personally that would hinder my worthiness in partaking of the Lord's Supper. And I have, listen, I have a strong belief today that most, the most serious part of participating in the Lord's Supper is not when I observe the Lord's Supper, but the condition of my heart as I participate in the Lord's Supper. That's the main purpose of the Lord's Supper is to examine our heart. It's not necessarily when we take it that Paul's concerned about here. It's the condition of the heart in which we partake of the Lord's Supper. And so this morning our worship service has has a lot of potential. There's no telling what could happen in our worship service if we allow the Holy Spirit, if we're willing to to be honest before God and be willing to respond to the leading of His Holy Spirit when we have an invitation hymn. Now, this this is a very serious service. Each time we gather around the table to participate in the Lord's Supper is very serious. So the question is, how do we partake in the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. I'm going to try to cover three things real fast. First of all, to do it in a worthy manner, we must come together in true worship. We'll talk about that. Secondly, we must come to, together 
in true self-examination. Don't worry about the person next to you. Begin to think about you as you examine yourself, whether to be worthy or unworthy to take the Lord's Supper. And then third, we must come uh, together in true self-judgment. Now, there's a difference, and you'll see, in the examination part and self-judgment part. Now, listen, if, if you or I fail in any one of these three, it would really be best if we would not take the Lord's Supper. And, and, and for us to also remember that if we should fail in any one of these three, the true worship, the self-examination, the self-judgment, there could be serious consequence for the believer and for the unbeliever. So first, to participate in the Lord's Supper, there must be, this morning, true worship. True worship. Verse 17, notice what he said. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now in this, I declare unto you, I praise you not. He couldn't brag on them. But he says, because you come together, not for the better, but for the, for the worse. You know, the Lord looks down over this congregation this morning. He looks down over our worship service. Everybody looks nice. Everybody, everybody's dressed nice. I mean, you feel comfortable. We're in a comfortable building. He looks down. The service is kind of orderly. Things are not in disarray or... Are a lot of confusion going on. The music's great. Hopefully, the sermon's going to be informative. And uh, but some people, he says, will leave this worship service today for the worse and not for the better. Wow, what a statement! You see, he's saying it's not enough to look right. It's not enough to sound right. It's not enough to be orderly. It's not enough just to have great music and, and a lot of good singing. But we have to come in the right attitude and have the right heart when we come to worship. It's about worship. So Paul said in verse 17, 18, and 20, when you come together, and that phrase literally means when you come to worship. So when we come to worship, we need to enter into the court of the Lord in true worship. Have our heart, have our attitude, what they should be. So the point is, when you come to worship, God wants to be real to you. He wants you to have an experience with Him while you're worshiping. I've had people to leave and say, man, I could really sense the presence of the Lord in that place. Have you ever said that? Have you ever felt that in a worship service? Well, you should have from time to time if your heart's right and your attitude's right. That's what Paul is saying. When we come into his house, we want God to be real to us. We want to truly experience worship. Listen, you can, you can sing and you can clap and you can raise your hands and you can praise the Lord and you can shout glory and you can give and you can look good. However, if you're not careful, you're going to leave worse off and not for the better if your heart and your attitude is not what it should be. So how do I participate in the Lord's Supper? First of all, in a worthy manner. First, I have to experience true worship. Second thing he mentioned, there's a self-examination. Look at, if you will, at verse 27. Verse 27, 1 Corinthians 11. 
there is a self-examination. He says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat the bread, drink this cup of the Lord, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. But let, every, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So when he speaks about the word unworthily, that's very serious. When he speaks and uses the word, let every person examine themselves. That's, that's very serious. So the point is, it's dangerous to participate in the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Now that should concern all of us. I remember over the years, I want to be concerned when we start to take Lord's Supper. Lord, uh, I need to examine myself at the worthiness. I know some people that refuse to take the Lord's Supper because they think they're not worthy. Well, that's a sin because God commands us to observe the Lord's Supper. And if you don't think you're worthy because of some sin in your life, you need to confess that sin, repent of that sin, ask Him to forgive it, and then come to the Lord's table and do what you're supposed to do. Take the Lord's Supper. None of us want to suffer the consequence of the Lord's discipline, the Lord's judgment for partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Now, what does he mean about this examine thing? Uh, Matthew chapter 22, I mentioned this the other day. I'm not going to read all this. Mark it, and I'm going to share about three verses and come back. Matthew 22, you have this parable of the wedding banquet. And what happens? The, ki the king sends out servants to invite certain ones to the wedding banquet. And they turn the king's invitation down to the wedding supper. And so he, 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 he sends out other servants. And he says, go out into the cities and the towns and the villages and invite everyone, call everyone to come to the wedding supper. And so the servants acted on his behalf. And then notice, if you will, verse 11. Verse 11, Matthew 22 when the king came in to see the guests, so all the guests have arrived, so the king's coming in, kind of like king's looking down on us today, okay? So the king's coming in. The king came in to see the guests, and he saw there was a man which had not a wedding garment. So he's looking at all the guests. God's looking down on us today. And all of a sudden, he picked someone out and said, that, that guy don't have a wedding garment on. See, they wore wedding garments interested and he said unto him friend how camest thou into hither and have and not having a wedding garment and he said he was speechless then said the king to the servants bind him hand and foot take him away and cast him into outer darkness it's pretty serious not to have a wedding garment there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth and so the king came in reviewed the guests saw one without the wedding garment now here's the point those who do not have, and here's how, here's how we relate it to us today. Those today who do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ are not prepared for the wedding, uh, wedding supper. They're, they're not wearing the proper wedding clothes. In order to partake of the king's supper, you must have the proper wedding clothes. Your proper wedding clothes, my proper wedding garment is our salvation. See, you need to examine yourself to see if you have the wedding garment. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 
2 Corinthians chapter 13, I believe uh, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves, here's that word, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, whether you're a believer, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you. Examine yourself and say, Am I a Christian? Have I truly trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life? Have I placed my faith in Him and nothing else? Have I given my life to Him? Have I accepted His Lordship over my life and He's the Savior of my life? Do I have the wedding garment? That's salvation. Your wedding garment is salvation. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says this, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. If you don't know if you're a Christian, not ask God. His Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. And then 1 John 2, verse 3 through 6. God's Word says, And hereby we do know that we know Him. Know Him means in an intimate relationship. We've been saved. If we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know him, I've had this intimate relationship with him, I've been saved, and keepeth not his commandments as a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected, hereby know we that, that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to, to walk even as he walked. It's very simple. To know if you have the wedding garment, that if you've been saved, does the Spirit bear witness with your spirit that you're a child of God? Do you obey Christ and walk as Jesus walked? Does he dwell in you? The point is, only those who have been genuinely converted by Jesus Christ are worthy to come to the Lord's table. The point is, if you've not turned to Jesus in saving faith, you should not participate in the Lord's Supper. Very serious. The point is, if you've never been saved, you're without the wedding garment. You don't have the wedding garment. So this morning, if you're a partaker of the Lord's Supper, and you don't have the, the wedding garment, the Bible says, not me, the Bible says that you're eating and drinking damnation to yourself. So the question is, when Christ looks down upon this congregation this morning and sees you, sees me at, at the table, what will he say? Will he look down and say, he's unworthy. He's worthy. She's worthy. She's, she's unworthy. He's unworthy. She's worthy. He's worthy. How does God view you today in regards to the wedding garment. Have you been saved? Now it's obvious, it's obvious today, we need to self-evaluate our life to see if we're in the faith. So in order to partake in a worthy manner, be in true worship. Secondly, evaluate yourself, see if you're in the faith. The third thing is self-judge. Look at verse 32. Turn back to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 32. He says on self-judging. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brother, when you come together to eat, tear one for another. If any man hungry, let him eat at home, that you may uh, not uh, come not together unto condemnation, and the rest I'll set in order when I come. 
So this is of extreme importance right here, this, this self-judgment. Here's what God does. We've examined ourselves to see if we're Christians. Second thing, we're going to judge ourselves. And the way we judge ourselves, God's going to give us a choice this morning. First, to judge yourself thoroughly in respect of your sins. He's going to allow you and me to judge ourselves in regards to our sins. And you can either hold on to your sin and come under his judgment, i.e. discipline, or you can confess your sins and repent of his sins. Verse 30, he says this in verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread. Verse 29, For he that eateth, drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now, it's obvious that you can come to the Lord's table in an unworthy manner in a number of ways. Let me just mention a few of those. First of all, lost. You can come, participate, and never been saved. That's unworthy manner. Secondly, you can... You can participate ritualistically. Ritualistically. You can just see it as a ritual. Something you eat, something you chew, something you've done, and then you leave. You see it as a ritual. You see it as a ritual without participating with your mind and your heart. The third thing you can do unworthily, you can go through the motions without going through the emotions. I promise you, when you come to the Lord's table and begin to think of what you were and what God did for you in your life and how he cleansed you from your sins, it will, emotion, it will have an emotional effect on you. When you see how God reached down and snatched you up out of the devil's hell, forgave you of your sins, and now you have a home in heaven, that will emotionally affect you. But if you can go through the motions without the emotion. You can go through the motions without the, uh, the emotions, then you're, you're taking it unworthily. Fourth, you can take it unworthily by believing that it imparts grace, salvation, mercy. You can see it as a mode of salvation. If I partake of it, I'm going to be saved. If I continue to partake of it, I'm going to continue to stay saved. That's taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. You see it as believing that it imparts grace and mercy and salvation instead of seeing it for the, the sacrifice that it represents, the death of Christ on the cross. And then you can take it unworthily if, you have, if you've come here this morning with bitterness and hatred and resentment in your heart. And then number six, if you're jotting these down, it's, it's a sin. You come and you realize there's a sin in your life and you refuse to repent of that sin. That's an unworthy way. So here's the point. If you come without Christ or you come without high thoughts about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, if you come without the love for your brothers and sisters and people in general, and if you come with unconfessed sin, you're taking it in an unworthy manner. And the Lord's table 
becomes a special place at this time today for purifying the church, having everybody an opportunity to look at their self and getting right with the Lord. The person who eats and drinks without coming in the right spirit eats and drinks judgment to himself. King James uses, uh, uses judgment. Better translation of that is... Uh, is um, um, discipline or chastisement look at verse 32 but when we're judged we're chastened of the Lord you know the Bible is pretty clear in Romans 8 verse 1 that there is therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus and so if you have unconfessed sin in your life God's not going to God's not going to judge you as a lost person but he'll bring discipline in your life if we refuse to judge ourselves we come to the table unworthy in an unworthy manner we're going to be judged by god and we're going to be disciplined by god now in other words god's going to send individual discipline to push us back into a righteous behavior that's what discipline does discipline takes for the christian is is pushing that christian back and to righteous behavior. Doesn't, doesn't condemn the Christian, but he chastens the Christian. The point is, get your life straightened out before you come to the Lord's table. So the question is, which one would you rather experience today? Judge yourselves. Spend time in judging yourselves. Repent. Confess it to God. Repent. Confess that to God, be forgiven, be right with God. Or, hold on to your sinful ways, ignore God, and go ahead and participate and experience the discipline of God. So this morning, are you worthy to partake of the Lord's Supper as true worshiper, as as truly examine yourself, I'm saved, I know I'm saved. Have you truly judged yourself as a believer? Anything in my life that would hinder me? God, is there some sin I've rationalized? Is there some sin I've tucked away? Is there some sin I'm covering? Is there something I haven't given to you? Is there something there that I need to get squared away? Today is the day to get that worked out, folks. Proverbs chapter 13, uh, Proverbs chapter 28. Chris, you won't have this, but let me read Proverbs 28. I'm going to close with this. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them will have mercy. If you cover your sin, you're not going to prosper. But if you confess your sins, you'll have mercy. Verse 14, happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. And so we're brought to a decision today. What are we going to do as we prepare for the Lord's Supper? I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. And uh, we're going to have an invitation. But before you do, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to think while I read off some things that some have hindered me in being what God wants me to be and see if God uses this uh, list to speak to your heart. So just, just listen. Ask the Lord to reveal to you any area in which you have not turned away from sin and experienced His cleansing in your life. 
and ask him to show you any sin that would hinder your fellowship with him. Unbelief, not believing that God will keep his word, that's a sin. Rebellion, disobedience, not letting Christ be the Lord of all, living your own way. Pride, arrogance, thinking highly more of yourself than you ought to. Bitterness, unforgiveness, holding a grudge. Sins of the tongue, which would be gossiping. Slander and murmuring and lying and cursing and filthy speech, vain talk, obscenity, dishonesty or deceit, mental impurity, having a filthy thought life, addiction to a harmful or an illegal substance, addiction to pornography, either visual or written. Sexual immorality, stealing or cheating or embezzlement, angry, anger, hatred, malice, rage, uncontrolled temper, idolatry, worshiping anything, putting anything before God, worshiping other gods, taking unfair advantage of others, prayerlessness, disobedience to the Lord's clear commands, Injustice, failing to defend the oppressed, murder, hating others without a cause, causing strife and conflict and dissension in the church, worshiping with my lips when my heart's far from loving the Lord with my whole heart, leaving my first love by loving other people and things and activities more than I do the Lord. So this morning, as the Lord spoke to your heart, maybe one that was not on this list, would you be willing to confess that sin, agree with God that you've sinned, and then repent, turn from that sin, turn to God and to His way, and then seek the Lord's forgiveness and cleansing, and then show your repentance by a changed life, changed deeds. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper. Help us to see the seriousness of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Terry's going to sing.